You know, it was the philosopher Val Venus who said, Hello, ladies and gentlemen as well. I added that part. It is Cool Dad's Basement, that little second delay that I have to take before I say the name of the podcast, getting shorter and shorter as I stop immediately trying to say the name of my old podcast. Mikey Krennic here with you. Don't forget, follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all at Mikey Krennic. And subscribe to the show's feed and perhaps leave a review. Now, I don't want to say you've been lazy with the reviews because let's not, there exists a possibility that I just wouldn't like what I saw on them. You know, it, maybe you don't like the program, you're tuning in, you're doing me a solid, whatever it is. Uh, but if you like the show, then you're being lazy with your reviews because you're not leaving them. So it's one or the other here, folks. You either like what I'm doing here and you're lazy or you don't and you're doing me a solid, either way, I'm fine with it. I, I want you here all the same. This is this is not about me. This is about you. Uh, and that's why I'm going to do something here for you on this Sunday edition of Cool Dad's Basement. I was cleaning out the basement, you know, looking for some important child support paperwork, Cool Dad business, uh, and I, I came across something called the basketball button. Now, it was helpfully labeled for me, basketball button, but it's also a button that looks like a basketball. You know, it's orange with the, well, I mean, I don't need to describe a basketball to you. So I could have, you know, figured out on my own that this was the basketball button. But thankfully, someone had labeled it. My mother was a big labeler. So I have no idea now what this this button does. But because I'm a guy who just, I can't help but touch a button, that's me. You know, don't put me on any spaceships for certain. I'll have everyone ejected out into, out into the, the inky blackness of space. Don't, don't ever get on an elevator with me. We'll be stopping at every floor. I just, I love buttons. What can I say? So I'm going to hit the basketball button here, and we're going to find out together what it does. So uh, uh, buckle up. Here we go. Time to hit the Cool Dad's Basement basketball button. Hell yeah. I am so glad I hit this basketball button. The NBA on NBC theme. I should probably cut it off at some point because, you know, the rights and, and all that, but it's just so good. Uh, it's time, yes, it's time for our second round of the NBA playoffs preview. Or, okay, I'll end it. I don't want to, but I have to. Okay, hold on. Here we go. All right, getting it done, and there we are. Now, you know, I wanted that to end about as much as you did, but, you know, we'll, we'll go just with my voice, unfortunately. It is the second round of the NBA playoffs. They begin today at 1 p.m., 2 p.m. I don't remember. I don't have it in front of me. I just have my detailed notes that don't include uh, tip time. Uh, so let's get right to it. Let's start with the games you're going to see today, starting with the Boston Celtics, the number two seed in the Eastern Conference, fresh off the sweep of uh, New York's favorite Suns, the Brooklyn Nets, uh, the Bucks, the Milwaukee Bucks. Took out the Chicago Bulls in five games. They're the number three seed. Boston currently going off at minus 225 for the series. Bucks plus 175. Now, the Bucks, the defending champions, and the Celtics, you might remember, they kind of scuffled last year. So why would they be the overwhelming favorite here? Well, maybe not overwhelming, but the favorite at least. Because they're 37-10 and 10 since January 6th. So they just needed a year to get over the, the events of that day. And since, they've been on fire. 37-10 and 10, with their post-trade deadline starting lineup of Williams, Horford, 
Tatum, Brown, and Smart are 27-7 and when they start. This Boston team has gone to another level. They weren't quite there in the first few months of the season. They they looked like maybe they were taking a step back last year after the, the Tatum and, and Brown thing really looked like it was beginning to be something special in Boston. And, and now here we are, and it looks like perhaps it has coalesced. Now what's going on with Milwaukee? They did not look great in the first couple of games for Chicago, but Giannis, uh, who is probably the best player in basketball. I mean, let's be honest. Giannis, uh, he, he steeled himself and delivered them uh, a 4-1 to one series victory over Chicago. But how will things go against Boston, especially considering the fact that we still don't know if Milwaukee's second-best player, Chris Middleton, their best shooter, will he be on the floor? Who's to say? He's got an MCL sprain, game two against Chicago, still still dealing with it. And he, of course, is also not made of steel. So that was that was not a misspeak at all. No, no. Uh, the, the question in this series, I think, is going to come down to one simple thing. It's going to be how much and how effectively can Giannis – uh, from Milwaukee, attack the rim because he's the best rim attacker in the NBA. He's the best driver, the best finisher. We all know this. And when he's doing that, there's very little that can be done to stop him. Uh, he did it to Chicago. They, they threw guys at him, and it just doesn't matter. That said, here's Boston with a rotation of Robert Williams, Al Horford. You can put Grant Williams on him. You, you could even slide Tatum over on him. He, he, there's so, there are a ton of rim protectors on this Boston team, and they do they they do that job really really well. And and you have to wonder, especially without Middleton, is is Milwaukee going to be able to do anything offensively against this Boston team? I say they will because I think Anakatumpo Giannis, as I've been calling him, because we're close personal friends. I think he is uh, the kind of player who can do it all by himself. But to what end, I don't quite know. That's why I'm saying you take the Celtics in six. You can get that at a lot of markets right now at plus 450. I'm a series better. That's the way to do it, in my opinion, in the NBA playoffs. You can bet the individual games if you want, but I am a fan of betting the exact series score if I feel good about it. And I feel relatively good about this one, to be honest. Boston in six at plus 450 might be my top pick uh, for the second round. I'll let you know in a minute wh- wh- which one it is. But later on today, you'll see the Memphis Grizzlies. Ooh, those, the, the August uh, uh, historical franchise, the Memphis Grizzlies, steeped in the history of yesteryear, versus the Golden State Warriors, a team that, as we all know, uh, is the team of the 2010s, and now looks to establish claim to perhaps even be the team of the 2020s, as this is a dynasty that just keeps dynastying, I suppose. The Grizzlies had a 2-7 a matchup with Minnesota. They were the second-best team in the West, managed to trail for nearly 70% of the series versus Minnesota, but outscored them by 60 points plus in the fourth quarter combined. So in six games, the Wolves were outscored by the Grizzlies, by 10 points a game in that fourth quarter on average. That is, uh, that's a killer instinct. That shows me that this Memphis Grizzly team is a team that they can win regular season games and they can win uh, postseason games in the clutch. It, it, they really did look pretty darn good at times. 
They've got a new backcourt combo. You know, we know with the Golden State Warriors for years, it's been Curry and Thompson, the Splash Bros. But how about in Memphis, the John Morant and Desmond Bain? I don't want to think of a nickname for them. I'm not good at that. Uh, so you think of it yourself. I'll just call him John Morant and Desmond Bain. Bain shot 48% from three versus Minnesota. This Grizzlies team looks primed. This Grizzlies team looks ready. This Grizzlies team would be, I would say, a, a pretty heavy favorite in any series that wasn't against the Golden State Warriors. This is the Golden State Warriors, folks. This is Steve Kerr. This is Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, a brand new, if you can believe it, death lineup. You know, the, the old school warrior heads will remember the old death lineup. But this one, this is really something. Curry, Thompson, Poole, Wiggins, and Draymond Green. Jordan Poole, the third guard on this uh, Warriors team, something they've really never had, a third guard shooter. You know, Durant was there for a while, and he really obviously is one of the greatest shooting forwards of all time. But Poole plugs right into that third guard spot, and when they put those guys out there, they look dominant at times. They beat Denver uh, four games to one. And it, it looked like it could have been a sweep. Their foot was off the gas a little bit in that game four. And Curry was hurt. You know, in the beginning of that series, you were dealing with Steph Curry on a bad wheel. So I don't know. I'm looking at this series and I'm thinking, I mean, these are the Golden State Warriors. And if I needed any push over the top, there is a guy on this Golden State team that not enough people are talking about right now. He's not in the death lineup. I'm talking, of course, about the mitten. Gary Payton II, Gary Payton, the great defensive point guard, the glove they called him, uh, one of the all-timers. His boy, Gary Payton II, they call him the mitten, he guards all five positions. There were moments in that series versus Denver where he was guarding the Serbian giant, Nikola Jokic, uh, effectively, just for brief bursts. But this is a guy who can guard all five positions. He hits key shots because teams leave him wide open, dare him to make the shots. And and here further is a little bit of a, a extra Gary Payton two trivia for you in eighty eight half court matchups with John Morant this season this per second spectrum tracking if you're one of those nerds per eight in eighty eight half court matchups he held him to two of twelve shooting if you can lock him down again you forget it forget it this is Golden State Warriors I've got him in five you can get that at plus four fifty in most markets uh, but. If you want to take him in four, be my guest. Suns and the Mavericks, that'll kick off tomorrow. The number one seed Suns, dominant throughout the regular season. But they found a little bit of resistance from the New Orleans Pelicans, believe it or not. Uh, honestly, I think when you look back at the first round of the 2022 NBA playoffs, you're going to say three teams, I think, made the biggest statement about their future. Boston certainly did that. Memphis certainly did that, and New Orleans might have done that too. I, I know that that they they were the eighth seed. They were eliminated. They were without Zion Williamson. But if I'm Zion Williamson, who is the uh, Pelicans' long embattled number one overall pick, missed the whole season, looked like a top ten player last year. I thought uh, if I'm look if I'm him and I'm looking at that team, I'm saying I want to come back, and I want to come back here because I don't know that Pelicans team you. You plop a superstar, elite game changer like Zion Williamson into that team. How far you think those Pelicans could have gone? Just, just saying. But they, unfortunately, they fell to the Suns 
in six. The Mavericks uh, were against, speaking of another team who made a statement about their future, and that statement was, it's over. The Utah Jazz uh, just, uh, the Mavericks, despite the fact that they were without Luka Doncic for the first couple games, they, they Utah made it competitive. Let's not bash the Jazz too hard. But ultimately, I think that whole thing is over. And Dallas has moved on two superstars, in my opinion, in this series that we didn't know were superstars until the first round. I'm talking, of course, about Michael Bridges, Mikeyle Bridges, however you pronounce it. He was a man on fire against New Orleans. Uh, Booker went down. Booker didn't play till the final game of the series. And Bridges stepped up. We knew he was a great defensive guard. We knew he was one of the great defensive guards in the game. But here's a Joe Giglio special for you. In game five, he had 30 points, four three-pointers, and four steals. Here are the other guys who have ever done that in a playoff game. Vince Carter, Kawhi Leonard, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, and Kobe Bryant. If Joe Giglio's listening, he just gave me a big supportive thumbs up. That is some high-quality cherry-picking, my friend. Held New Orleans to... 0.82 0.82 points per possession as the primary defender did Mr. Bridges. This guy is a big effing deal, to quote our old friend Brandon. But meanwhile, in Dallas, Jalen Brunson emerged as a superstar. How about that? Doncic was out for, for a good deal of the series. And here's Jalen Brunson averaging nearly 30 points per game and not committing a single turnover in the series. That is very impressive, ladies and germs. Brunson, Knicks fans, if you're looking, you know, he's a free agent, Knicks fans, thinking you might be able to pay him nine figures so he can blow his Achilles out in three weeks. Oh, I'm just kidding. I hope the Knicks do get him, and I hope he's a big star for him. You know, this series, though, I I think people are going to walk into it with a certain sense of uh, perhaps doubt and doom and gloom for the Suns because of how it went against New Orleans and perhaps a little bit of uh, excitement about, you know, guys like Brunson and Dorian Finney-Smith stepping up for Dallas. And now here's Luka getting back to full strength. Luka, one of the most uniquely talented players I've ever seen, a guy who can completely take the game over at any given time. However, the one time they played the Phoenix Suns this season with Luka on the floor, they completely shut him down. They, 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 They hunted him on defense. Bridges covered him a great deal. They tried to uh, uh, get Bridges off of him, but the Suns switching is is just on point money. Williams, the, the coaching job this guy has done is unbelievable. I think that ultimately the New Orleans Pelicans, who are the eighth seed, are a better team than Dallas. Now, I know that they don't have anyone as good as Luka, but if the Suns are able to use Bridges to their advantage, use Paul to their advantage, get Luka, shut him down, I I really feel like we're going to be reestablishing our opinions on the Suns quite quickly. Dare I say it, and I will. Suns in four. You can get that at plus 550. Uh, And now the one I've tried to avoid talking about here because it just just makes me so sad. I'm so heartsick because I'll tell you what. I was was following along with that game six, Sixers-Raptors. Uh, I was at a karaoke party, understand. You know, you can't, I can't ask them to switch the screen to the Sixers game. So I was following along and, and I, I was really, I was swelling with pride. Here they come. Play the song. It was time. This team looked 
dominant. It looked like, yeah, it, this was what we were promised from the Philadelphia 76ers. And then that son of a gun, Siakam, swung that elbow and 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 all the lights went out on that. You know, Danny Green stepped up. Tyrese Maxey stepped up. But the minute Embiid went out, the the hearts and minds of the city of Philadelphia collectively started thinking about the NFL draft. Because here's the thing. Harden without Embiid, you know I love Jim Harden. Outscored by 10 points per 100 possessions this season in Philly. No, no Embiid on the floor, just Harden. 10 points per 100 possessions. They were minus 6.8 in Harden's solo minutes versus Toronto. Miami completely ate Trey Young for lunch. I mean, he could not score. This Trey Young. Knicks fans, we were talking a few minutes ago. You remember Trey Young. We all know Trey Young. Uh, that wasn't Trey Young out there on the floor against Miami. That was somebody else because they completely swallowed him up. This is an elite team, Miami. You know, they're, they're one of those teams that got the number one seed, and we see this in the NBA sometimes, where a team will get the number one seed, but they'll never, quote-unquote, feel dominant. The Suns in the West feel dominant. The Heat, nah, never felt dominant. They had a bunch of injuries, 23 different starting lineups all season. You know, even in this series with the Hawks, they had injuries to Lowry and Butler, but... You know, they were playing a team in the Hawks that everyone said, oh, they're frisky, oh, Trey Young, watch out. And the Pelicans were, you know, dead in the water, oh, they're trading Zion Williamson, et cetera, et cetera. The Pelicans took more out of the Suns than than the six, or excuse me, than the, uh, the Hawks took out of the Heat. And the Heat also battled injuries in that series. This Heat team is is legit. And, and I think that we, we're probably at a point now where we have to admit that. I don't want to admit it. I don't like Jimmy Butler. Who likes Jimmy Butler? Who likes Pat Riley? How is Pat Riley not 100 years old? I feel like Pat Riley's been, I remember seeing him, okay, when they traded for Shaq back in like 2003. Ah, Pat Riley, this is like the twilight of Pat Riley's life. He's an older gentleman. He's still got the tons of gel in his hair, but starting to look a little skeletal, okay. And yet here we are, Pat Riley still around. Goodness gracious, what is happening? What is they putting in the water in Miami? Maybe I don't want to know. Uh, but I will have to say it. I don't want to say it. I'm going to give Philly two in case Embiid gets back. I, I, I don't know if they're going to get to, and I don't know if we're going to see Embiid. Heat and six, you can get that at plus 450 in most markets. I would say, if I'm being honest with you, my favorite bet, my best bet, is that Boston in sixth, right, over over the Celtics at plus 450. And I also do, I have to say, I do like my sons in four pick as well, if you don't want to be so bold and pick a sweep. Oh, my goodness gracious, what a basketball preview that was. That was the first time I went back and tried to do hard sports really by myself without the crutch of that Joe Giglio uh, in a very long time. So I hope it was enjoyable. I hope the non-basketball fans didn't blow their brains out, and I hope the basketball fans didn't blow their brains out either because maybe my analysis was spotty. Either way, enjoy the games, enjoy the playoffs, and enjoy your wonderful week. I'll be back once again on Friday for some more Cool Dad's Basement.